0: Hello, and welcome to MangaSplaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who have not read much manga before. Hosted by myself, David Brothers, Deb Aoki, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading lists at Mangasplaining.com. This week, we are taking a walk on the wild side, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) This week on MangaSplaining, we are going to put our fans to the test by making them read Akira Hiromoto's Raw Hero, translated by Co. Ransom, lettered by Phil Christie, and published by Yen Press. This is the book that I like it a lot. It's extremely sleazy, and it makes me feel slightly guilty about liking it because theoretically this stuff is bad, but when I read this, I laugh a lot, and it's really... (laughs) I don't know. like It it hits a a note that not many things do, despite being very over-the-top and even grotesque in some parts, like grotesque in the sense of being out of proportion. And the short version of what this series is about is that Chiaki has several younger brothers. He's the oldest in the family that their father has passed away. He's the one in charge and they are dead broke. Like they can't afford chicken skewers. They use plastic bags as backpacks. It's really bad. And he keeps bombing job interviews until one day he stops a young lady from being molested on the train and finds out that she was not being molested. It was a sex game. And the guy who was doing the groping side of the sex game offers him a job. Going undercover with some super villains, basically, things get much worse from there. The art is very explicit, so there should be probably a content warning for shady sexual things going on
1: <coughs> it was I, I found my hard copy of this. It was wrapped yeah. for your pleasure
0: Yes, <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> a free wrapped book and I feel like I should the. Like reading sleazy stuff, exploitation comics, there's a little guilt that comes with it because it's exploitation. Like it's theoretically bad. It's a little bit edgy. But at the same time, I think this stuff really strikes a nerve that maybe more mainstream works wouldn't. So I wanted to bring it to the longest explaining crew. You know, Deb always brings us very award winning and like high class (laughs) words. (laughs) Chris always brings us like the heartstring tuggers. Things make us weep chip is our ingenue he's the one who's into the cool stuff he'll bring us things based in enthusiasm i was like what is my role here what am i doing and i realized that i'm a creep and i'm a loser and i don't know what i'm doing here so with that said oh chris God. butcher not to call on you first i know we tease you a lot but i'm
2: genuinely curious here what did you make of raw hero it wasn't until your introduction that I remembered what this is like. <laughs> I was like, "God, this is." I was reading this, and I was like, "This is like something I liked once." And it's a Takashi a Takashi Miké movie. Mm. It is an over-the-top, like there's so much sex, but it has nothing to do with the plot. It just keeps escalating in bizarre ways. It's gross but that's like you know, very deliberate like it's very orchestratedly gross and it reminds me a lot of when i was really into takashi Miike mm-hmm. movies and and i'm not talking like i'm not talking about the cute one the great yokai war <laughs> i'm talking about like the awful ones the awful awful each the Audition, killer,
0: graveyard ones. of empire
2: yeah i'm trying to think of the one where it just kept getting crazy until they blows up uh now spoilers <laughs> so never mind i was reading it and i read that i think when you recommended i I, re- I quickly read the first 10 pages uh online as a preview just to see what you were talking about i would never heard of this manga before and i was like what, the f- go- what what is going on here and it that's that feeling never yeah. stopped like when i got to the end it finally actually stopped and i'm like oh i get exactly what is going on here now but i could i still couldn't make the connection of like trash cinema and this is like you know and i'm chip I, i'm so sorry if this gets you in trouble this is like absolutely as if someone who's like a trash cinema auteur is asked to make a Marvel movie. And he's like, "Oh, I've I've got a fucking Marvel movie for you. Here we go. Agent Coulson is going to get spanked and maybe penetrated like here we Dario go. Dario
1: Argento's so, Spider-Man."
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I did not like this a lot. Like I was like, "Oh, this is so awkward and so tough to get yeah. through." But I also really was like, man, you used to like stuff like this. You used to be like, yeah, shock value, sleaze for sleaze's sake. What's the matter with like wanting to have like filthy sex things happen as like gags? like? And it's like, yeah, and it's just something. And so I'm just like trying to put it together, but I think it might be this specific work. I don't think it's like the content of the work. It's maybe just the specific work. And I've been thinking a lot about it since I read it. Actually, like way more than it deserves. Way, way more than it deserves. But like I like I'm gonna have to put a content warning. Like maybe we need to just record a content warning that goes yeah. retroactively before yeah. your introduction. Just so people know that like, yeah, this is the this is the elephant blow. <laughs> so I think Yeah, I think I'm trying to separate my feelings about the content of the work with the actual work itself and it's weirdly the content i don't have any problem with like interesting in any way it's just how it's strung together that, that i have a problem with and I, i've got examples i'll go into it but maybe we should go on to something yeah. else
0: i'm going to ask deb last because i know she has some extra context with prison school so chip what'd you think of raw hero
3: <laughs> this is the worst thing i've ever read And I think anyone listening to this podcast should turn it off right now because we're done here. All right, now that they're gone, this is the best thing I've (laughs) done. It's so ludicrous. I laugh so much reading it. And like... I get that it's sleazy, but like it's not sexy at. All.
0: <laughs> no, it's not.
3: <laughs> like it's it's just gross. Like the depictions of everything is just kind of gross and weird. It's just the 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 strangest. I'm just gonna swear in this episode because this is Don't a swear. swearing episode. This is the strangest <laughs> fucking angles of shots. <laughs>
0: i'm (laughs) wiping tears out of my eyes right now
3: (laughs) the fact that the 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 groper in air quotes that it was actually a sex game and then even after being found out he just did it again and it became another (laughs) gag like wait you did it again like ah very good you spotted me do it again (laughs) yeah and it's always like a giant like full page close-up of like kind of the, the weirdest drawn underwear and sweat. It's <laughs> just yeah. like, I can't, I can't make heads that's, or tails of what's oh honey, happening. it's
1: not sweat.
3: <laughs> well, okay. All right. All right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm cleaning up a little too much for some of our yeah. uh, listeners, but it's so like, even the, uh, as Chris pointed out, the elephant blowjob scene, <laughs> which is <laughs> so crazy. After the elephant, uh, Sweats out of the end of its trunk, let's say. (laughs) He goes, Damn it, look at what you made me do. I used my splash elephant special maneuver (laughs) offense. So they they even like, they even like wipe away that as being sexual. Yeah. That weird bit of dialogue. It's, it's this is definitely not for everyone. And, you know, I, I, no. I, I agree with David, you know, <laughs> no. obviously the, the ex exploitative quality of it does make me kind of like definitely bristle at the idea of recommending it to anyone. Yeah. But also I'm a grown ass man and reading this, it just made me laugh and it's not <laughs> going to change the way I view uh, men or women in this world at this point in my life.
0: Maybe people are not going to go out and seems. like,
3: yeah, I'm not going to go out and think, uh, I don't even know what the negative thing I would take away from this really because anything that's sexual in this is consensual.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Which is is a relief. Like as soon as I saw the groping, I'm just like, oh my God. And like they're, you know, highlighting it and zooming in on it. I'm just like, oh, is this, why is David doing this to me? (laughs) But then it becomes this funny, weird consent thing. And then like, as you follow that couple throughout, like they're just getting up to all sorts of weird stuff in their love hotel. It's just, just really,
0: really funny and fun. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. Deb, How do you, How did you feel about Raw Hero?
1: I guess walking into it, I knew I kind of knew what I was getting.
0: Yep, that was it. She left. She's quit oh, the did podcast. We lose Deb?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Deb, are you there? We cannot hear you, but it says that everything is still on. <laughs>
3: This cannot be the guy's only episode of this No podcast.
0: way. <laughs> Deb, what did you think of Raw Hero?
1: I'm going to tell you, I, I walked into this pure, with pure cringe.
0: Like, yeah.
4: I
1: thought I, I was going to hate this. I am, but I got to tell you that I was curious enough to go get Volume 2. Oh. Volume two Whoa. is way more funny. Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's it's absolutely hilarious. That's when it started to kind of like go, Oh, that's why David likes this. It's uh-huh. it starts out with that with this kind of like cringy masochism, like this poor guy, right? He like thinks he's doing the right thing. He meets the wrong guy who who who's gonna give him a job. And then as the story goes on, that guy the boss just gets st- into stupider and stupider situations. <laughs> like he reveals something. He goes, what? And then like, you know, bangs up his car because he's so shocked. <laughs> and then the, there's another part where he's like, the main character calls up the boss and says, Oh, by the way, I, I, I met this super evil villain, like this super most wanted villain. And the, the boss goes, what? And then he, he basically scrapes his car against the side of the, the freeway. It flips over. And he goes, Get a photo. Anyway, it's just kind of <laughs> like,
4: <laughs>
1: and it just gets, it's like, oh, okay, now I'm getting this. Like, there's this moment where, like, they're fighting, they're like recruiting a dog, and then the girl goes into a sushi bar, and then he comes out with a sushi roll in her mouth, and he goes, oh, she's one of those that has to eat while she's fighting. And then you find out why she went to the sushi bar, and it's like, this is clever, I'm still cringed. I'm still I still kind of <laughs> viscerally have a reaction every time every shot is like a panty shot. Like that shot where like they're looking up at this tall condo and it's framed by the crop by a dripping crotch. It's like
0: <laughs> There's a lot like that. This mm. is
1: the this is the most seinen manga manga.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs>
1: so such a self-aware seinen manga. It's like, yeah. "Oh, Heroes and Mm -hmm. boobs and you know wacky hijinks and manly men who get you know you know blush when they disc after they get CPR thing. I got my first kiss. You know, it's just like it's (laughs) (laughs) it's just (laughs) ridiculous and fun. Obviously, it's not for everybody, but I think if you go if you go into it with the right sense of what the hell, you know, just it's kind of like like I just came back from Las Vegas. It's kind of the same thing. If you go into Las Vegas, <laughs> kind of like all cynical and shit and like, oh, you know, this is so cheesy and oh, this is so trashy mm-hmm. and horrible and stuff like that, you'll have a pretty miserable time or you'll think, you'll think it's, mm-hmm. you're too good for it. But if you go in yeah. and you have a couple of, of those, those stupid, you know, 24-inch margaritas and you just <laughs> kind of go, home. and then you get one of those blinking headlight headbands, you think, you know, you think, yeah, okay, I can have fun with this. And then before yeah, you know, you were having fun with it.
3: Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this this is the Vegas of comics. So I think you're
0: right. <laughs> yeah. I really I jumped on this comic when it came out because I got really into Hiro prison school kind of as a prank. What? <laughs> so it was on sale and I was like, oh, let me check it out. And then I read a few and I was like, okay, like it's kind of like a weird, gross, sexy comic. I kind of get it. But then I read a volume where like the trick that he was pulling became obvious. Which was that, like Chris said, it's like a Marvel Mm. movie by a director who does not want to do it. Prison school gets so extreme (laughs) that I can't believe anyone buys it because it's sexy. Like, there's Mm. just... It it takes things to to such a level. And I feel like doing that is actually really tough for an artist to do. Like You're talented at drawing sexual situations. It's hard to make those exact situations not sexy. And yet... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And And yet... yet. (laughs) (laughs) And prison school, I think, ran for like thirty-six volumes, something like that, and it mostly builds up to a joke that men are trash, and on the last page, and it's such like a long, involved, complicated thing for such a basic conclusion, you know. Yeah. Oh, you said you should so when this came out. was like, I about. have to see what he's doing next. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> Can you? So, prison school is about the first boys that join an all-girls school. And in true teenage boy fashion, they are quickly put in prison inside the school for being teenage boys, like perverted weirdos. If but it's
1: like, like peeping or something. like this
0: is extremely sexual. Prison school is even more in your face about it. Yeah, like all the boys are horny weirdos. There's a legendary scene where one character explains why boobs and butts are like just utterly irresistible, and it has to do with evolution and like the rise of man crawling on all <laughs> fours. It's a lot. <laughs> And it's so much a lot that it's it be, it becomes incredibly funny. I think, and this book sort of the same thing. Like they're just building stupid joke on stupid joke. Like there's a character named Jellyfish, and she's you know, a super awesome evil you know whip wielding lady on the cover of volume two. There's an elephant guy. It's like what kind of superheroes are these? And I realize it's they're common writer style superheroes. Like these are explicitly Japanese superheroes. And Deb, did that change the book for you? Did you pick up on that vibe, that they might go out to a quarry and fight to the best sometimes? All right, listeners, welcome back. I don't know if you noticed, but we got a little bit rowdy just before that break. And it was not up to (laughs) the usual class that manga slating brings to the table. So we want to bring it back down. We took a week-long break to kind of settle our nerves. And we're back to discuss Raw Hero. And I believe when we broke, we were talking about how it's kind of a Japanese superhero influence, like Kamen Rider style, Super Sentai style, more so than an American comics influence. Because there is, in fact, a scene where a guy with an elephant trunk kind of gets a blowjob from his trunk, and it's a mess. But anyway, Deb, as the expert on Kamen Rider and such things, what did you think of how like the superheroes and stuff were depicted in this book?
1: It seemed like, well, you know like in, in American superhero comics, right, where the, the outfits are very fetishized and yeah. very very much meant to convey power and manliness. Mm-hmm. in common writer, the, the villains are all kinds of variations of color plus animal, right? Blue buffalo, mm-hmm. green praying mantis. they look goof, they do look like villains, but they also look very ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah. as you know, but as kind of Chip kinda of mentioned earlier, Common Rider is ultimately a kids comic. It's aimed at little boys and even though grown-up men like it, <laughs> it's a kids show and it's a kids take on com- on on superheroes. So like, yeah, you know, learn your colors and your animals.
5: <laughs> like Sesame
1: Street, right? It's not meant to be like you know, strike fear in the hearts of men and you know, or like be this this archetype of like some kind of deep adult psychosis. It's, yeah. it's just creature threatening superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, it's, I just thought the elephant thing was like, oh, okay, you go. And then if, I don't know how much porn manga you've read, David, and you don't need to answer that because <laughs> that's, that's, that's deeply incriminating. But in some
0: but- of- But answer answer it. But answer answer Yes, (laughs) I mean, I was born. I grew up with the internet. Like, come on.
1: (laughs) So, in some porn manga I've read, (laughs) Mm -hmm. instead of showing the penis, they'll show an elephant head. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yes, it had to be an elephant.
4: (laughs)
3: In this case. Wow, look for that in the show
0: notes. That'll be great. Yeah, Yeah. I love it because it's so. Like you said, it is juvenile, and I mean that in like a very literal sense, like for children. But then doing dirty jokes with it is so—it's like doing a dirty Powerpuff Girls drawing. Like it's weird, but in this, for some reason, it feels like appropriate somehow <laughs> in what is a very inappropriate book, I should say. Mm.
3: <laughs> but it's also—it's so funny because it's so jarring. Because yeah, like like even in in the interview scene, there's I, I forget the name. Is it just Elephant? <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah like he's the only ridiculous character, <laughs> like the other two are just sexy ladies looking cool and badass, and like the other glimpses we get of like heroes and villains or whatever are like cool, sexy badass <laughs> there's just a guy who's just got like an elephant head and uh, a yeah. sexualized his, trunk which is
1: largely obscuring his field of vision.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's one of the worst. It's one of the worst superhero costumes I've ever seen.
2: Sorry, Dude, Razorback in the Marvel universe has exactly the same costume, except it's a pig head instead of an elephant head.
3: It looks a lot cooler on Razorback. <laughs> it
2: does, feel yeah. Cool.
3: Uh, put it, put it in the show notes, Chris. Let let, yeah. the, let the audience decide. decide. That's an Instagram
2: yeah. poll right there.
0: Yeah, this exactly. is something. <laughs> the elephant does one thing that. That I don't think Chip has seen yet, which is that some manga characters have strange speech patterns. Well, they'll like maybe yeah. say the type of animal they are or like say something cute at the end of the sentence. And it doesn't really go for this guy at all. It's just no. super <laughs> awkward every time.
1: I kind of feel like this is a weird <laughs> translation choice, right? Because in, in, in Japanese, elephant is zo. Mm. So he
0: could
1: say, blah, 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 zo. Blah, 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 zo. Blah, 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 zo
0: that makes way more sense.
1: But there's no yes. there's no short way to say elephant, right? In English. So he has to say blah 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 elephant. Blah 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 elephant. Blah,
3: <laughs> that's, blah, blah. that's that's because <laughs> it really ch- it really changes the joke. Like, I guess the decision is to drop that or to add a fant at the end of everything, which is so ludicrous. Yeah. But like, it really it, really, it really changed the joke. Oh, I loved it. I loved it's it. It's funny
2: that you guys are calling it out because that was like my favorite part is like, oh, they gave this character so much character that it's like ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, no, I loved I'll it. Don't the get the me wrong. And stuff like this that. is it's, all like, admirable. This is so good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want to ask Co Ransom how he came up with this decision because it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
3: like it's it's funny, like because the first time he ended with a fant, I'm like, oh, that's okay. I get, I kind of get that. And then once I realized that he was going to do it with every single sentence, (laughs) yeah, it 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 almost killed me. It
0: was amazing. I have some common writer trivia, and then I want to pick on Chris a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the first two people common writer fight are named Spider Man and Batman building on oh. the animal thing that deb was talking about <laughs> <laughs> wow so they know what they're doing yeah. but chris you had something you wanted to mention from the last episode
2: that you wanted like, to bring I mean, up it's it was a week ago you're gonna have to remind me i'm sorry <laughs> it was a
0: movie comparison with takashi mike
2: oh yeah i, I was like not, since we were taking a break i actually wanted to rerecord my whole opening statement but yeah i went back and watched some of dead or alive by takashi mike and it was just like oh that's what this manga is dead or alive is a like is notorious for being for having every Mike thing but all in one all in one movie and it's really gross it's a police procedural ostensibly but it's a yakuza gang war thing and the first i think i think it's 10 minutes are like a non-stop like quick cut thrill ride through like yakuza like violence and gore and whatever it's like you've got to see this movie at least once and it's exactly, it gave me like the same vibes as the beginning, the first chapter of Raw Hero, where it's like you start off and it's this like shojo romance manga that is interspersed with this like superheroic fight that's interspersed with this building exploding. That's interspersed with this like close up on a lady crying and she's nude and she's drawing this shoujo manga. And it's just like, and then it cuts to like all right, we're in a we're in a scene again and it's like normal and boring and it's like a little familial scene, but it just keeps building and that weird again has exactly that structure. And if you've never seen Dead or Alive, you're probably a better person than me. <laughs> 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 I just keep going back to, he shows up at like a porn shoot to interview somebody who knows something about this like Yakuza and it's like a girl like full on having sex with a dog and you're just like, this is a movie I am watching and there are other people around and I feel like I saw that in the theater, wow. the Toronto <laughs> international film festival. Ah, uh,
3: right. yes. The international
2: film festival, the international film. It's the con of Toronto <laughs> It has the yeah. movies back, you know, back when it was cool. So it's yeah. like, yeah, this is, there's like a real like trash cinema exploitation vibe to this that if it took me a second, it actually, I actually thought it was just bad in a lot of ways and it turns out it's like no it's it's on a different level and you're either on this level or you're you're absolutely not and i got it by the end and it's i think it was when she blew the elephant guy's face that i was like oh okay here we go like i get where we are now we're in we're in a different place than a superhero parody space i'm good to go
3: but it's funny because yeah. it goes extreme but then it corrects itself like really quickly like because even that r- directly after. Elephant guy, mm. you know, gently, gently crouches down and goes, "Listen, you don't need to do that kind of stuff anymore, Afunt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's crying. Yeah, no, he's there's tears coming down. He's just like, like you know, things must have been hard on you. But like, like it's so funny just how it just
2: switches like that. Mash gets to the secret agent guy getting wrecked by his prostitute, I guess, in a hotel room again, and it's just like. The whiplash on this series, like you have to just be on board because it does not spare your feelings or good taste, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think Deb will agree that
0: Prison School is kind of similar in that it starts as one thing. You're like, OK, it's like a weird sex comedy, but then like it doesn't hit that top of the roller coaster moment and then come down. It just keeps going up and up and up where the sex keeps getting weirder and weirder and the proportions get stranger and stranger <laughs> until one of the characters, he was like the big chubby guy, is as tall as a, like a house by the end of the series. And people are riding on him as part of the I like didn't the get, high get that far games. in this manga. <laughs> like, Prison school wow. goes to so many different places. And it's just like what Chris is talking about. And I think it's also here in Raw Hero where it never stays in one place too long because there's always like another step to take, another like Way to amp up the violence or the sex or the action, yeah.
1: But the, yeah, there's like there's stuff that he, he, like he he makes fun of a lot of things. Like the like when they go off on a mission, the first to die are those without guts, and then the one yeah. guy goes like, "Wow, the guy with the most guts did die. What's going on here?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it keeps poking a hole in the idea of this like super dangerous supervillain team who are actually really kind and caring. Yeah, one of them is a dog. The leader's kind of like a loser-looking guy named Ryu Hoshi. And I don't know if any of you remember the 90s, but for the longest time, that was Ryu from Street Fighter's rumored real name. What? Oh, really? Oh, really? And I'm convinced this is like some kind of stupid joke about that. It's like so on the nose.
3: I love that he looks basically exactly like Winter Soldier. Oh, <laughs> <He does>. snap. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, and their, their big nefarious plan is to graffiti? That that yeah. was also like really funny, just like the the, the white on white graffiti not reading well. Uh.
0: So I've read four volumes of this. I have the fifth volume oh, yet wow. to read. Wow! And it doesn't. It stays like this all the time. Like it's a right. very different manga when it gets to the part where I'm at. Like all the characters are better established. The superheroes are more of a presence, but it still kind of isn't about anything. And mm, I think yeah. that's one of my favorite things about it, is that it's just sort of like, there's a plot. We'll get to yeah. it eventually.
3: <laughs> yeah. There's no larger themes at play here.
0: No.
1: Isn't it just about humiliation?
0: <laughs> and trust is the weird thing. Like, the humiliation <laughs> is like the forefront, but then it's also this guy finding a place where he belongs that's full of weirdos. Because
1: Princess school is a lot of masochism.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Hmm.
3: Uh, spoilers, does he have to continue the charade of being dressed as a lady? Oh, he gets does he several eventually costumes. just like it?
0: Okay. Yeah, he, like he accepts it. I think like is fair. At one point he tells his boss and the boss is like, oh, I gave you the wrong suitcase, which is yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something about this kind of series where it doesn't take breaks. It's very edgy, for lack of a better phrase. And it just hits a spot, I think, that you wouldn't get from something more literary for lack of a better yeah yeah Mm. like sometimes you need to crawl through the muck a little bit (laughs) it's true yeah sometimes i'll tell people
1: like it's like uh, la and san francisco san francisco is quirky but it takes itself way too seriously for its Mm
4: quirkiness
1: la is weird but la knows how to laugh at itself for being weird
0: (laughs) i could see it Yeah. yeah yeah
1: So this m- manga, it's weird, and it knows how to laugh at itself.
0: And yeah. you
1: either, you're either you either down with it or you're
0: not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's having fun. It's not taking any swings at anyone. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's just a harmless little bit of fun.
2: Yes. It's, it's closely self-referential in, in exactly mm. the way you guys are talking about. And the thing that I wanted to bring up is all of the female characters, even the ones that are in, like, a skin-tight bodysuit with their face covered because they're a superhero – are are like super sexualized. Like they're all super sexualized. Like the the skin type body suit shows every bit of almost Campbell every toe, bit of female man. genitalia, yeah. Campbell toe situation. And as soon as the lead character, Chris was trying so hard not to say that, and then well, toe is a great <laughs> word, so let's, well, go with it. As soon as the lead character starts dressing like a woman. He's instantly treated exactly the same as the other women in the series, where he is <laughs> yeah. like super grossly like sexualized, upskirt shot after upskirt shot, like <laughs> yeah. like makes a beautiful woman. He makes a and really just, pretty like,
1: woman. I almost forget yeah. Yeah. to die.
2: Yeah, and I think that's part of the joke. Yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah. like talking the author talking about the work that he makes. It's like, oh, this character who's like kind of a nerdy like wannabe salary man. The second he is portrayed as a girl i'm going to draw him like every other girl in the series and you are going to get every bit of his panties like shown to you and you're going to get every bit of this and that and the other thing and you're like you have to be aware of the of yourself doing this because i I feel like there's like a real like ah, this is who i am on every page of this that the <laughs> author is like communicating <laughs> and it's i haven't seen a lot of work like this in manga to be completely honest where it's just like except in porn i think porn has a real honesty manga hentai (laughs) that is lacking in a lot of other like oh we're we're being a little sexy here with the comic books but don't worry it's gonna stay at this certain level because we know we're in a magazine and whatever it's like no 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 this is not that book and i i'm kind of i don't want to read everything like this but i'd read volume (laughs) two of this yeah Yeah, you should read volume two
1: volume volume two is when it really clicked for me like uh this is funny uh, what was the that, I was just horrified. For
0: you? <laughs> 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 oh, I think horrified. But what clicked for you?
1: When the when it's just when the bot the 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 boss his manager, mm-hmm. just like like the first time he's shocked he, he he scrapes his car. The second time he hears something shocking from this guy, oh, okay. he he flips the car and it just like goes over the freeway. Like it just amps up and it's like, <gasps> oh okay you're going to just kind of keep dialing it up and up and up and up and, and <laughs> you you just don't care like yeah like the part about like you know like yeah a few panty shots sure but like framing a shot so that the <laughs> the condo of this guy's dreams is framed by this crotch and legs and it's yeah. it's lovingly drawn in such detail i have to wonder what if this guy ever got arrested and his, you know, like got stopped at the border with his folder of reference photos, holy shit!
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining giving Freud this manga and him just dropping dead on the spot. <laughs> I was, I was wondering how old
3: this artist is. Oh, like is this? This hmm. feels like a, a work. He's maybe in your twenties, fifties. No,
1: he did. He's been drawing for a while.
3: He's yeah, like years old. Oh my god, my age?
0: Yeah, he's exactly your age, Jim.
3: <laughs> it's so funny because like the the, the 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 level of artistry made it feel like he was older, but the subject matter and like just devoting your time to this just felt like a thing that someone in their twenties would do.
0: Like it has like a Johnny Ryan vibe almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: But you know what disturbs me
1: about this about this and prison school is that mm. I read his previous work, Me and the Devil Blues. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I thought it it's was good. Re- really really good. It was a manga about Robert Johnson, the the blues guitarist. Okay. And then it was like it and then it spun it into like some kind of like horror thing where Robert Johnson has m- multiple fingers and that's why he can play so good. And then Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde somehow comes into the story and it's it's really well drawn, it's very dramatic and it's about the south. You know, I think I thought it was a really good manga, but then it was like, oh, and now I'm gonna draw I'm gonna draw women humiliating men. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna draw women and and I'm gonna draw lots of panty shots with dripping stuff and like lots of O faces and like okay, so you made a left turn towards commercial yes. work. Good for you. <laughs>
0: But it feels like the kind of commercial work that's a trick or a trap where you're like, oh, there's like a sexy lady on the cover of this and her clothes are coming off, and then you get it, and it's this. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with
2: this?
3: Would anyone find this sexy? I yeah,
2: think absolutely. People are yes. joking off this
3: 100%. But it's so Sorry, strange it's not is the thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, this is a mature episode.
0: But I feel like the content is almost like an anti- viagra you know (laughs) like the story's not sexy like the way things are described in the story none of it is actually sexy the way it's drawn is occasionally but there's nothing where you're like oh like i gotta try this out in the bedroom
3: well i mean there's there's a there's a sexiness to
0: (laughs) chris is losing it
3: (laughs) there's a there's a sexiness to force femininity
0: ah true yeah.
3: Like like the fact that he is like he feels like he's got to put this outfit on and do this thing and then blow this elephant.
2: <laughs> but he's also there's that there's the 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 whole first two chapters are about like exhibitionism and public displays yeah. of of mm-hmm. sexual stuff and like the yeah, it's there's so much in here that is like hmm this is why I thought this guy's an accomplished manga for sure. He's not a young dude because it's like self-aware. Like mm-hmm a lot of people just put their fetishes into manga or their, or any kind of work that they make, and they're not really aware that they're doing it. This guy is like very aware of what he is into and it is on the page and not only on the page, but he talks about it being on the page as well in the manga Mm -hmm. itself. So that's why it's like, Oh yeah, this guy's a little bit more accomplished because he's not oblivious to what he's doing. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think that that's, that's a big part of this, but yeah, that's what I think makes it erotic. I think, you know, I think it's in, like an aerocom, basically, but with superheroes and like superhero tropes that's fair, and I think that that's mm, i I do think that absolutely this is a a sexy times book for a lot of people that's fa- it's fascinating too, because it doesn't that kind of thing doesn't exist in comics in the same way here, where something can be simultaneously like oh, this is like an actual story I want to tell, and I want it to be a sexy time book. And I want it to be a commercial work as well. Like we kind of push, I think the commercial a work is the sticking
0: point maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the problem with all.
3: <laughs> like it's, it's interesting. Like it's like even thinking of like kind of North American, like sexy artists, they usually kind of have the bad reputation that goes along with it. Like the only one I can think of that kind of pulls it off still is Adam Hughes. Yeah. And even even that is is just kind of like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that hate his stuff, but like Mm. Frank Cho obviously is like, now just super leans into like, oh, I'm edgy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So much of the Western stuff is rooted in pinup comics art instead of porn, which
4: I think is like
2: there's a small difference in there, difference in perspective maybe. And the artists that are, without naming names, the artists that are more influenced by porn, it becomes more immediately apparent in their work and it becomes something that people rail against when discussing why they don't like their work. Whereas I think that there's a lot more of a middle ground in manga where you can be, you can like like making pornographic content and want to make stories. And it's not, yeah. these two things have to be separate. Like I know of artists who have been told by editors at Marvel and DC, you're never going to work for Marvel and DC because you did these other illustrations that were too porny. Like, you know what I mean? Oh. That were too, you can draw a female character looking sexy basically wearing a bikini and that's her superhero costume but if she's touching her boobs at the same time you've crossed a line and it's like we've created this like well sorry and that's all of western society is like oh everything's sexy yeah. but don't don't talk about it because you will ruin the mystique whereas <laughs> in japan there's a, a magazine and i bring it up very specifically it's called uh, because it's so influential to this podcast even it's called manga erotics f and it's no longer being published but it was the dude who did a manga called Dance Till Tomorrow, started this magazine back in the day. And the, the stated goal of the magazine was, I want a place where accomplished mangaka can do sexually taboo stories that they couldn't do in their regular jobs. So this is where we got work like Inyo Asano's Girl on the Shore, that we've talked about mm. previously, was serialized in Erotics F. Usamaru Furuya's uh, Lychee Light Club was serialized there. Some of the work by Takeko Shimura, who did Even Though were Adults. Uh, Was serialized there. Um, Natsume Ono, like, there's just a ton of creators go to Aurotics F to do their, like, sexually taboo work. And it's not all explicit, but some of it very much is. But it's just, I want to create a space for this because it maybe doesn't fit in other magazine spaces. And I think that that's something that would be, like, whenever people try to do sexy stuff, there's always a real blowback, I find in North America. I think it's, Against well, her, spikes, like more straight um, career
1: peddler, but that's very much yeah. a certain bent. Um,
3: and yeah, there's, and Sun- smut there's is great. And there's like was it Sunstone? Oh
0: yeah, yeah Sunstone from Stepan sedge Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, just yeah. huge.
2: Which was sorry, and that's huge because there's so little material like that. Like yeah, yeah. but is Stepan Sedic? Did he immediately go back and start doing like variant covers for Marvel and DC? No, like he didn't, and I think. It's going to take a few more years before people in editorial roles there forget that he did that kind of sexy work. I
3: mean, me, even doing Sex Criminals, I had to to do Howard the Duck in order to prove that I could do (laughs) non-sexual stuff at Marvel.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like, we will take something that it couldn't be sexy, but then you made it sexy anyway. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. Heartrending, actually. That whole, well, whole you know, I, I mean, Despair right. is exactly. the sexiest of all. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that explains why you picked this book, eh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so, with manga erotics, F, I'm really interested in this, would it be analogous analogous to penthouse comics in the 90s, where a bunch of mainstream artists kind of went and did their thing?
2: No. More serious.
0: Comic,
1: uh, More arty, I guess. Not no.
2: Not no. The American not <laughs> version no. of it does make more sense in that way. But Penthouse is like, you say something's Penthouse, right? And you have an immediate idea of what it's supposed to be, which is uh. more than Playboy. And so a lot of the Penthouse comics, I've read all of Penthouse comics. It was just a thing we carried at the Beguiling when I worked there. And it was just like, yeah, some people get in there and they want to just tell dirty jokes and do their dirtiest cartoon stories. Whereas Erotic F is like, I have a really important story that I want to tell about when I was a girl in high school and fell in love with my cousin who was a girl in high school And then she goes and gets married and it's like, I thought we were lesbians together. What what did that mean? And it might have a couple of scenes that are a little bit like, but like, it's, it's a story first. And I think most of the stuff in penthouse was about, oh, the artists you love, including Adam Hughes doing, you know, saucy stories.
3: Well, there is Um, that thing like when, when, when artists are given the opportunity to like, finally, you can do this. They tend to go a bit wild. (laughs) <laughs> and just like oh, ah, look at me, I'm doing penises and boobs ah. So there's not really because there's not a, a long-standing culture of it. Like I think if something like Penthouse comics kind of continued to today, and it was like kind of a regular part of the scene, then yeah. artists would be trying different things there that weren't just like kind of more in-your-face stuff. Like Chris Anka myself tried to do a little bit of that with White Trees, uh, the book we did for Image, which had like. Like orgy stuff happening, big, hard penises, like like we we went we went in on that, and it's great, but it's but it's but it's part of the story, right, like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, oh, we're free of Marvel, we're gonna just we're gonna we're gonna lose it, <laughs> and like I don't know, like, and we didn't get any blowback or anything from that. The only time I ever got blowback for sex stuff from Marvel was when we got Joe Canonas to do a variant cover for Sex Criminals, and he did our main character with a duck bill on, like Howard the <laughs> Duck, <laughs> <laughs> on the ground is, as Susie was dressed in a trench coat, feeding him breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah, no, his duck bill was a penis, too. It was a dildo. Anyways, uh, this is obviously the Mature episode. Yeah. Put so it we in can the notes, Chris. Put it in the notes, Chris. <laughs> That's what the Photoshop filters are for. <laughs> That, that's, that's the only time I got a call from Marvel saying, hey, you know, maybe not do that. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I guess. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> Chris also had a good point about it being very self-referential, self-aware, because there's a moment on page 156. It's just after they get decimated by the superhero and they're bleeding in the van where the main character gives their partner CPR. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how does mouth-to-mouth work again? Do you breathe in or out? I don't know, maybe I can just do both. And this is totally the moment in any other anime where the main character is rescued by like the tough, like female character and falls in love. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in all the art. Like she's suddenly drawn with like a very soft filter. Like he's got the wide eyes, like, oh, I can't believe that happened. And calling him a gutless coward is so romantic. Like they're hitting all the tropes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Followed up by what page 164 when he's like, I've got kissed for the first time. Yeah. He's just overcome.
0: Yeah. And those soft sound effects, like, oh, yeah. Just part of the phrasing with the balls to the wall nature of this series is so good. And I think that's what, like, I don't read a lot of like super TNA focused stuff because I guess I like violence more than sex. I don't know. But, This really hit a stride for me where I was just rolling, laughing at the jokes, like at the characters, the choices they were making. And also like Deb was saying, horrified slash disgusted by all the same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like sometimes you want to feel a little bit bad when you read something. And I think that this hits like just, just enough for me. Yeah. And I, I was amazed, like Chip pointed out, it doesn't really punch down at anyone, any like classes of people. Like it's mean to specific characters, but it's not like super homophobic or racist or something. It's just weird and consistently yeah. intensely weird to where you're like, can you do this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. it's kind of just the, the weirdness is spread out evenly amongst everybody and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like how people say, you know, I offend everyone equally and that's like a sign they're a huge douchebag. This is mm-hmm. that, but like for real. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like know. Oh, opportunity motives. offender. Yeah. <laughs> I think because it's so self-referential, it forces me as a reader to be like, "Wait, I have to read this closely to get what they're doing because it feels so on the edge of something, like good or bad, even though it's mm-hmm. p- probably neutral in the end. It's just ridiculous. Neutral. Yeah.
3: I don't know about neutral. <laughs> it's,
0: uh, it's not as bad as it could be, but it's not as good as it could be.
3: Yeah, it's just a nice bit of fun.
0: <laughs> Let's get some final thoughts. So. Chris, if I recall correctly, on our last episode, which got way out of control, you were a little lukewarm on the series.
2: I reread it after that episode because I was like, you guys were liking it. And it's like, I've come around because it's just as soon as I was like, oh my God, actually talking on that episode, on the first time we tried to record this episode, it was like, oh my God, it's a Kashi Miike movie and it's specifically (laughs) Dead or Alive. I was like, oh shit, okay. And then I reread the volume and I'm like, I get it. I get it now. And I yeah. just bounced off of it. And I was like, he's good at what he's doing. But whatever he's doing, I don't give a shit about. It was like my first take on it. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, it like, I get it. It's, it's shocking and it's difficult. And it's a trying to do all these things that are upsetting and offensive very deliberately. And I think that that's yeah. the fact that it doesn't, it isn't targeting anybody, that everybody's feelings are being treated as relatively real and he's and, and they're making he's making like the good guys so far just seem awful <laughs> like in every possible way
1: i can't tell hey, who's wait. a good or the bad guy in this, yeah, yeah
2: i keep forgetting honestly <laughs> yeah. yeah so i think that that's that's really interesting i think maybe my only criticism is i especially with that cover i sort of looked at it and i was like oh so this is going to be a superhero parody and there's some of that in this but it's really like it's i don't know how, i don't know how to it, it seems like that's like the excuse and it's not really about that it's about yeah these like gags these setups these jokes all this kind of stuff so
3: it I mean, in cool. a it's sort of superhero specifically a razorback parody i keep telling you
2: that <laughs> it is sorry you're <laughs> right it's a specifically a razorback parody what, was it, what group was he in by the way razorback was one of the like serpents was he was like was he taken over by the serpents no Anyway, whatever. Well, he, no, serpents. he's a bore. He's not taken over by yeah. the surface. What's wrong with you? Sorry, I know he wasn't. Oh, <laughs> there's apparently a film called Razorback. The Marvel villain does not come up first with Razorback. As a Weird. Anyway, <laughs> can't imagine stop. why. Yeah, I get it now, and I kind of want to see where it goes. And
3: I, I think do love it. Okay, that's, we that's we get it. Do you love big, it?
2: it. It's a pretty big move from where I was the first time I read it.
3: All right, ten okay. out of ten from Chris.
2: Sounds good. of 10, ten. What do you have for us?
1: <laughs> I think what Chris was touching upon and what, what we talked about earlier was you really got to be in the right mood to read this. If you're feeling – like, I I had to go into it with a Las Vegas mindset, not a mm-hmm. Criterion Collection <laughs> mindset.
3: It <laughs> only has the two mindsets. Well, that's the that's –
1: that's the thing I could come up in just like seconds. <laughs> if you look at the
0: books we've chosen on this show, that's pretty close to the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know, I, I, all of these, I, I will always give any book that David picks the benefit of the doubt. Like I, I always think to myself, David does not pick absolute crap. He'll <laughs> pick something what, that, what a compliment. No, I mean, that he, he, there's something redeeming and fascinating about this, right? It's not just pure trash. There's something yeah. that, that fascinates David. So therefore, I must find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll keep reading, you know, whereas I think sometimes like I'll I'll read like a first chapter or something that goes like, and go, oh hell to the no. And I'll throw it across the room. <laughs> like, like Kurt Hassler and your licensing choices. I have, I have questions for you. <laughs> But somebody has to license these things because somebody wants to read them. It's not me. But then, you know, so that's why it wasn't in its original plastic until you told me yeah. to read it. <laughs> I mean, there went that my resale value on this book, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah.
1: While I don't think I'll go as far as you did, like reading till five, mm-hmm. I think it's super interesting. And I think it brought up some great conversation about sexy comics and how yeah, for japan sure. has more leeway for all kinds of stories with an erotic undertone to it mm. it can tell all kinds of hit all kinds of moods where they think the erotic comics in america maybe it's all about ooh, make make me hot sailor you know kind of like like pole dancing kind of thing
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> make me hot sailor <laughs> <laughs> These World War II comics that you're talking about. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's all cheesecake, right? It's all giant boobs and like, you know, like, oh, like the girl's like trying to make the you guy. come and
0: see me sometime. Yeah, you know, yeah. trying to make
1: the guy get hot and bothered. And whereas this is like, I don't, maybe some guys get hot on this, and, but I, it, I think some people get really uncomfortable.
4: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
1: So that's, I think what's fascinating about it, like there's, there's some kind of story underneath the, the, the layers of breaded crispiness that Cheesecake. is the porniness <laughs> of it all.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But you were right. It made for a great conversation.
0: <laughs> yep. Awesome. Chip. Chip? Before my final
3: thoughts, I really have to kind of highlight the final page of this. We talked about it briefly <laughs> last time. <laughs> it's so perfect as a final page to this because they've taken what could possibly be a sexy scene and just drained it of all sex and made it as boring a shot as possible like it, if you actually look at it it's one of the only shots maybe it's the only one panel where it's just a one point perspective mm-hmm. very very flat almost everything has some sort of extra perspective line to it except for this it's it's so flat it's so boring it's so not sexy. (laughs) And the kid sleeping in the foreground with his mouth open open (laughs) is so funny. Like I can imagine the artist finishing this page and just laughing to themselves. Like, I can't believe I'm I'm pulling this off here. Yeah.
0: This is unbelievable. Someone's paying me for this.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All the conversations about like, uh, is it sexy? Is it not sexy? Is it too much? Is it not too much? Like I just found it funny. I found it quite funny. And, in a way that I haven't found anything really funny in a long time. Because I think we I think we mentioned Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last time. Like during that period I was into a lot of like kind of extreme, edgy humor stuff. The darker humor the better, like people getting hurt and stuff like I I love that kind of stuff. Almost none of it holds up now. Mm-hmm. And almost nobody creates it now, <laughs> kind <laughs> of as a result of that that shift in our social consciousness. So to actually read something like this, and with a creator with a, such a deafness to be able to like go extreme and also not make it that bad that you have to feel too bad about laughing along with it, is it's it's really you know it's really impressive. And I wish we could pull it off in, in North America, but I don't think there's anybody uh, up to this. It's got to be <laughs> I don't have it in me anymore. You know, it's funny like even just pointing out like that I thought that they were in their 20s. Like I could do this in my 20s maybe. But now I would just probably question a lot and like mm. I, I'm so far down a path I'm like, well, But what's the theme? Like I'm always asking myself, what's the theme of my story? What's the theme when Batman oh, punches therapy. the Joker?" Like yeah, <laughs> I know it's like It's horrible. It's horrible that I can't just let myself just go, oh, I'm just going to make a fun comic. Maybe mm-hmm. one day I'll get to that place again. But this reminds me that it's actually still possible. Mm. So thank you, David. Ten out, 10 out of 10. I think we all agree it's 10 out of 10. A plus. <laughs> Unanimous. <laughs> this is <laughs> the first manga-splaining gold star that we're, we're giving, uh, right?
2: This is not going it on is. the gold star. <laughs> <laughs> David, did, did you have a final thought you wanted to express to the group? Yeah.
0: I do. I was actually prepared for one this time instead of handing it off like I usually do. But I mentioned that I'm usually more interested in violence in comics than sex. And there is a fight scene in Volume 2 that's a mix of rope bondage and extreme violence. That includes (laughs) a dog being thrown and electrocuted at one point. The good guys suck in this comic is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. It's the best. (laughs) So yeah, like I'm really glad we got such a good conversation out of this because... I do like things that are like edgier, like Chip was saying. And, but there's a very fine, like I'm old enough to where I don't want like the garbage edgy. Like I don't just want faces mm. of death. Like that sucks. It's just yeah, yeah. mean and evil. But the part, sometimes movies have funny beheadings is all I'll say. If it's like a shock <laughs> and a surprise. <laughs> and this is one of those where you're like, I can't believe this is so funny. And yet I've been wiping my eyes this entire podcast, thinking of the jokes that, we, that we've been talking about. Like, it's that funny mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So uh, I had a good time. Thank you, everybody. And we're going to take a quick break and then come back with some Q&A.
5: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
0: Alright, welcome back. That was our Raw Hero discussion. I hope you had a good time and that you immediately went out and purchased as many volumes of the series as you can personally stand. <laughs> We're gonna close out with some QA. We've got a question from Think New Official on Twitter. That's in you instead of NEW. Hey manga Explaining, are there any notable examples of manga being visibly influenced by Western superhero comics? And this is a good question because we've talked a lot about the reverse, you know, people influencing American or Western artists like Stomo Nihei and Nick Tricada, for example. And I guess I want to ask the gang, like I know Yusuke Murata, who draws One Punch Man, clearly has a big X-Men, like Jim Lee influence, for instance. But who else is on the list for you two? Dev and Chris, what do you think?
1: Well, I guess the obvious one is, am I here at Academia? Mm. Kohei Horikoshi he like some of the covers of my hero academia look like Mar- old Marvel cover formats and All Might and the other american heroes star are very much modeled after american style superheroes very muscular very larger than life yeah i don't know if necessarily what he the way that he draws comics is very american influenced but i think he he definitely has respect for american comics mhm and let his his launching, his foundation of drawing a hero comic comes from that.
0: The way he draws All Might is really interesting because it seems almost, it doesn't resemble an American comic like you were saying, but it's almost like the idea of one, the way he's inked and shaded compared to the rest of the characters in the series, is really right. fascinating.
1: It's like comparing like an American action figure to a Japanese action figure.
4: Like, yeah.
1: Like there's the American toy figures, like the, the male characters are super, the muscles are super defined mm. and, very like bodybuilder like whereas mm-hmm. yeah. the figures in japanese are like very fluid and soft looking you know, or- I, I can yeah.
3: I, I mean this this is a bit of a diversion but I, I i never really thought about it before like but how did that start in american comics like what is it about like north american comics scene or north american culture where like like extreme muscle man became the symbol of like just straight-up masculinity.
0: I guess we just love strongmen from the circus in the 1800s, and it just... Yeah. Because that's like the root of it, right?
3: It's got to be, yeah, yeah. And then I guess when professional bodybuilding kind of became a thing, it probably originated in America. It feels like an American thing.
2: There are a lot of early comics, too, that adapt Western myth, like someone like a Hercules character or or things Mm. like that. Like, not quite as grotesquely overmuscled as things kind of got in North America, Mm -hmm. but definitely this like mythical hero is always in North American tellings is always like a big muscular dude. Whereas it's interesting. I I went to a a temple in Japan and it had the guy, the God that first inspired sumo. And he is like, not as like big and fat as you might think of a sumo wrestler, but still pretty big dude, but has something closer to like a North American superhero muscle build. but it's this like statue from like a hundred years ago. Like it's really interesting that this, Mm -hmm that these do exist in Japan but for the most part these kinds of like heroes are not big muscular like physically like whatever dudes and i think that that's actually one of the things that makes manga sort of look like 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 common writer is like a muscular character but would be like the skinniest dude on any Marvel superhero team. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, even more yeah. than Spider-Man, depending on who's drawing him. You know?
3: Yeah, it'd be the Doug Ramsey. Of the... <laughs> Put that in the show notes, Chris. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's America, right? I mean, like a, a handgun would be sufficient to kill somebody. Mm. But yeah. In America, you need a you need a effing machine gun, like with that's giant and huge, yeah. and like it's gonna it's gonna rip up a whole wall as soon as you hit the trigger. You know, so it's, I think it's just like this evolution of, yeah, you think that's macho? Here you go. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's like steroids, you know, it's like, yeah, you can be, you can become a strong person by being a blacksmith, right? You, you build muscles, but I think it's only within the last 50 to uh, 50 to 75 years that pe- people can actively shape their body through chemicals and exercise wild, in, a, in a really specific way. Yeah. not. Not and and not building muscle because you are doing something, you know, labor intensive, like and producing something. You are just producing muscles. Yeah.
0: I rewatched Inner the Dragon a couple months ago and I was looking, I was like, Wow, like so when you watch say Fast and the Furious, you're never like, Oh, I could get as buff as The Rock. But I feel like with work I could be like as buff as Bruce Lee, which is a <laughs> ludicrous thing to say, right? <laughs> But yeah. he's hot. But if you look at it comparatively, <laughs> like Bruce Lee is way more attainable than The Rock. Mm. Yeah, it could be Bruce Lee. <laughs> I could just wake up, like maybe a few crunches, I'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris, <laughs> what do you yeah, have Back for on topic? Us? Sorry. I, I digressed.
3: Well, oh, that was that was that was me with my double question. No, that was great.
2: No, it was good. I it's funny because I was gonna say before you went on a tangent. That All Might in his depowered form looks like Johnny the homicidal maniac, like Jonan Vasquez's character. <laughs> does true. He looks like oh he's drawn in from Whoa. like a completely different series than anything else that's going on. In the same way that All Might, when he's like in superhero form, looks like he's coming from American comics. He looks like it's like the scratchiest indie comics when he's when he's not. And I think that that's fascinating. I wonder. I would love to have asked Horikoshi. I
1: would. I wish someone had asked him because I bet that would have been an yeah. awesome answer.
2: So yeah, I think that there are examples of, it's more around the fringes maybe. American superhero comics just weren't available in Japan for the longest time, or they were like super rare. Now even people like Chip can get published in Japanese, so it's happening a lot more. Mm,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadians? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
2: There's a movement in the like just briefly, there was a movement called Nouvelle Manga that was that took place in like, like the Early to mid 2000s, and it was about basically this French dude who lived in Japan and became a Japanese And Frederick Boile was wanted to like build bridges between French comics, uh, French Bon dessinée, and Japanese manga. And so he created this like idea of Nouvelle Manga, where they wrote this like manifestos, an artistic manifesto. They published a lot of books that like had Japanese and French and European car- cartoonists sort of sharing with one another. One of my favorites from that is it's called it's an anthology called Japan as Viewed by 17 Creators. And it's 17 stories about Japan. It was published in 2007, each by a different creator, sort of alternating between a European creator and a Japanese creator. And I only, I I just, I checked before I mentioned it to make sure it is technically out of print, but Book Depository has lots of copies in stock below cover price. So if you're looking for a good recommendation, I highly recommend that one. It's got Tao Matsumoto and Jiro Taniguchi in it, among many others. But the thing that that always comes to mind, actually, when I think about like Western influenced on manga is Minotaro Mochizuki, who made Dragonhead. We all, like a certain age of manga <laughs> fan, know Dragonhead. It's like such a good suspense thriller manga. I'll do the, I'll do the pitch, because it's, it's available digitally. It's not unavailable. Group of kids, they're on a train. They're going on a field trip. They're on the Shinkansen. They're just about to go through a tunnel. They see Mount Fuji in the distance. And then there's a white flash, an explosion, just before they go into the train tunnel. Seconds later... An earthquake, the train derails inside of the tunnel. One boy wakes up. All of his classmates are dead, except one who's hunting him. Dun, dun, dun. Dragonhead, 10 volumes, published by Tokyopop back in the day. Really, really good.
1: It's available in digital from Kodansha like, in its available entirety. available in
2: digital from Kodansha. Go it right out and get it. So he's. it's really good. The next work that we see from him, from Minotaur Mochizuki-sensei, Literally looks like he took four years off and read nothing but Adrian Tomine and Daniel Klaus comics, and it's called <laughs> Chisa Kobe, and it is <laughs> like a, f- almost like a French bande dessinée, like clear line Tintin style, as filtered through like you know the clear line work that Tomine, the simplicity, the like simplification of forms Tomine and, and Klaus did, and he's doing manga like this now, and so he's got like many many volumes where it looks like Adrian Tomine. Or Dan Klaus moved to Japan and started making manga, except it's like this dude who drew a thousand percent different like five years prior. <laughs> and I've, I've, it's never uh, been published here. I think it would just really piss off Dan Klaus and Adrian Tillman. <laughs> but I would love to see some of his work get published one day. He finally had a book published and it was he did the manga adaptation of Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which I think is. Dark a whole like it's like a meta joke that he did this adaptation <laughs> it was released in english you can you can buy it in print you can get it digitally but yeah that's like i'm going to put this in the show notes but if you've ever wanted to see what like a western influence might look like on manga and you and it's not oh i like to draw iron man <laughs> this is the <laughs> this is the book for you but yeah they're absolutely japanese manga who are influenced by western comics especially superhero comics and honestly marvel publishes most of them there have been books by goody that mm. are definitely show western influence there great been books by sana takeda who's had a western influence on her work yeah there's just like a ton of people that have like anytime you see a japanese cartoonist working on a marvel comic it's because they love marvel comics and they've internalized at least a little bit of that art style and if they have not internalized that art style they work on the books directly in japan and maybe they get translated through viz a little bit later on <laughs> and i think that that's a really interesting
3: thing the- Cartoonists that did the tomine style work. Like, what are the stories like?
2: They're slice of life, everyday, weirdo are they, stories. Are they
3: awkward? And, yeah, yeah. I, they, like I it's mean, the they same? are.
2: It's, I've only read a little. They're available in French, which is how okay. I actually discovered them. My French isn't good enough to sit down and plow through four volumes at 300 pages a piece. But I will say that, like, yeah, they're, they're stories that are everyday stories that are a little bit weird, a little bit off the beaten mm-hmm. path, sort of a mm-hmm. thing. And I think, Deb, you were going to mention, you were mentioning. You know, in the break, the work of like uh, ex- uh, Bambi and his Pink Guns author. Oh, um, Atsushi Kaneko. Kaneko sensei, yeah. He's someone who's drawn a Western influence, but again, it's not from superhero comics. Like, it's more from like David Lynch and like Rat Fink illustrations and things like that. So his work is like really, Charles Burns, he- Charles Burns has been a really big influence on his work. And he's doing commercial, like commercial ish, I guess, comics for like Shogakukan and Kodansha and stuff like that too. So, yeah, the Western influences don't always come in the way that you expect them to come. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. is something I want to say. And all images of, of all this will be in the.
1: After interviewing manga creators for a couple of years, I've learned that there are a couple of questions that will always bomb. One question is asking a Japanese manga creator which American superhero would you like to draw.
3: <laughs> I don't even like that question.
1: Most or like what what American comics have you read or do you like and. Most times they'll say, "I read none of them." I'm sorry, I don't have never read any of them. I've maybe seen Spider Man movie. How about Spider Man? They always say Spider Man because they've at least seen the Spider Man movies. So I guess sometimes what's it finds what I, what I find really funny is I think American comics fans sometimes think that American superhero comics are as popular as American superhero movies around the world, and that's just mm. not the case.
0: Yeah. that's um, really not the case. Yeah. I've got one last example. It's relevant to Chip, actually. Mm. Ooh, There's yeah. a manga creator named Yukito Kishiro who oh. did Battle Angel Alita. Mm. Mm-hmm. And back in the 90s, there was a one-shot for Battle Angel like a solo story that ripped off a bunch of pages from Frank Miller's Electra Lives Again. Oh, really? With Lynn <laughs> Varley. Yeah, it's super obvious, too. And it's, it's not the dark side of like that kind of exchange. Like, you know, swipes happen. But it's interesting to see it in a manga almost, you know, like line for line because it wow. still fits the storytelling. You know, it fits like the vibe of that artist. But the influence is like a little bit too much. So it's instead of an homage, it's a swipe.
3: I would, I would love to see it. Like, is it the is it characters, faces? Like, what is it?
0: You remember when they were fighting in the graveyard around yep. the tombstone? That scene totally ripped off, like all of the wow. like, 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 bodies. Yeah, 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 it's pretty awesome. It's really I mean, it's bad that plagiarism is obviously not something you should do. But like as someone who likes comics and likes manga and Western comics, it's like a cool window into what was making an impact at the time.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's like um anti-plagiarism when it kind of directly affects things. But yeah. when it's so far removed, it's like, oh, that's just more interesting, really. Yeah, like, it's not like, oh, I'm so wounded that you copied my work
0: <laughs> yeah. halfway yeah.
3: across the world in a market that doesn't really touch our market. Like,
0: it's yeah, like Todd fun. McFarlane and Batman Year Two having accurate backgrounds, like it's kind of the same thing.
3: I know. I just saw that. That was crazy. <laughs> like, it's not even just like it's not even a trace. It's just like it's exactly it. A stat,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, pasted in. <laughs> It's great. I love this kind of interplay because, you know, I love both, not genres. I love Western and Japanese manga, obviously. And seeing the way that both of my favorite things have influenced each other always kind of makes me like both more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this was I'll a great question. That. Thank you very much for this question. And anyone have any shout outs? We can wrap it up and get some sleep.
1: <laughs> shout outs. Uh, 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 mm, mm, mm.
3: I just I just read friend to all comic people Alex Segura, he's got a new novel Secret Identity coming out. I think in March, but I got a sneak peek mm. at it, and it's a it's a crime story set in like 1970s comic book publishing in New York. So it's nice. it's it's super fun if, if you're a fan of that kind of period of comics. It just name checks just a ton of different like kind of writers and editors from that time. And just that sounds kind of super the whole up your alley. That's awesome. I know. It's like <laughs> kind of tailor made for me. So, yeah, I I, I super enjoyed it. It's one of those things when, when you're reading uh, the work of a friend, especially a novel, like you got to make sure you read the whole thing. And I'm yeah. so glad I did because at like the 93% mark, there's a character named Henry Zadarsky in it. And if I didn't <laughs> read it and I didn't mention it, I would have been caught, man. I would have been caught. So, good job, Alex. I
1: <laughs> oh, I have one now. I thought of one. Yeah. Okay, so I started reading webtoons, <laughs> Korean scrolling comics. Mm-hmm. There's a webtoon called Batman, Wayne Family Adventures.
3: Oh, yeah. Man. I've been hearing a lot about this. It's
1: pretty adorable. <laughs> it's basically like, what's life's like living in the Wayne Manor with all the different Robins and Nightwing? And they're just like <laughs> a bunch of, like a like a bickering family. And then they, it's it's kind of <laughs> cute. I, I really it's, enjoy do it. Do you remember...
0: When Hannah Blumenreich was doing all those Spider-Man comics, yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, it's kind of the same vibe where it's like the superhero stuff is fine, but like we want the relationships, we want the feelings. Yeah, you know. Mm.
3: Well, they're doing like a live-action version of it too, aren't they? Are they really? Oh wow! Yeah, I saw some set photos of just like of all these a characters. Happy that, Yeah, sitting around like the the table or whatever the dining room table, and I'm like, oh man, so good. That rules! Yeah. <laughs> awesome! I'll check it out.
2: I want to shout out Animal Crossing for coming back with new content. It's really been a savior for me this past week. It got me through some really shit times at the beginning of the pandemic and into the pandemic. And it was nice to go back and spend some time in that world this week when it was like a little rough. So shout out to Animal Crossing. I haven't even bought the DLC yet. I don't think I can afford that hit to my productivity, but (laughs) just the regular (laughs) new stuff is fine for me for now. Cool. Nice. And to wrap it up, my shout out
0: is for Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Because <laughs> I'm still obsessed with robots. I've evened out a little bit, but this movie was really good. Like Independence Day good.
1: Hmm. Wait, where is oh, this playing? Is it, is it streaming on somewhere?
0: Uh, yeah, it's streaming on Netflix. It's oh. essentially the ending to the, the original Gundam saga. So there's like the original series, there was the second series, Zeta, and then the third series, ZZ Gundam, which. There's this easy Top joke in there I haven't been able to figure <laughs> out yet.
1: <laughs> I should probably... Yeah.
0: You should definitely watch it. As long as you understand that these, the two main characters are on opposing sides, they're both kind of like the hotshot pilot, you'll pretty much grasp it. It's super moving. It's got a good anti-war message. And the fights are awesome. Like, I finished watching it five minutes before we started podcasting, so it's super fresh in my head. <laughs> nice but cool that was manga splaining we discussed raw hero we talked about some cool manga superheroes crossover influence stuff and we will see you next week for yet more manga to be splained <laughs> <laughs> This has been Explaining, episode 38. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Look Back. Want to pick up the copy? Usually, we tell you to consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop and that you can find one near you at ComicShopLocator.com or to check out your local library for print and digital lending options. But this one is another digital exclusive, so please visit Viz.com to read it. You can follow along with our complete reading list at MangaSplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.
5: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.